This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Welcome back to the Knowledge at Wharton podcast. I'm Rachel Kipp, Associate Editorial Director of the Knowledge at Wharton website. We're here today with Wharton Operations Information and Decisions Professor Hamza Bastani to talk to her about her new paper, which is called Predicting with Proxies. Hamza, thanks for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. This paper focuses on predictive analytics. Can you talk to us a little bit about how companies use predictive analytics today? Um, So a lot of companies uh, across a variety of applications are starting to use um, predictive analytics to guide their decision making. So for example, in e-commerce, if you have companies like Amazon or Expedia, um, they use customer-specific data to try to predict what sorts of products a customer might be interested in and then use that to make personalized product recommendations. Now in this process, they're often using something that you call a proxy outcome. What's the difference between a proxy outcome and an actual outcome? And why do firms settle for proxies? So it's often the case that um, the data that we actually want is available in a very limited quantity. And this is what I would call the true outcomes. Um, And what we have instead is a large amount of data from a closely related outcome, which is what we call proxy outcomes. Um, So, for example, in the e-commerce example, again, um, a company like Amazon will have very little data typically on customer purchases for a particular item, but they'll have lots and lots of click data. Uh, And if you think about it, clicks are kind of a pretty good proxy for purchases because a customer will typically not click on a product unless they have some intent of purchasing it. But of course, these two outcomes are not exactly the same. Um, And what I found in some of my research looking at, uh, for instance, personalized hotel recommendation data for Expedia is that these outcomes uh, can be different along a few dimensions. So the big one that I saw was price. So it turns out that um, customers are more than happy to click on expensive hotel recommendations, but they tend to shy away from booking these. So if companies just use clicks, which is what they typically do to uh, make good recommendations for our customers, they'll end up recommending overly expensive hotels and miss out on an opportunity to uh, get customers to purchase one. And the problem with this is that uh, on one hand, because there's so much data on proxies, it's often more effective to train your predictive models on this data because there's just so much more of it um, and you get more accurate models that way. Um, And you're basically using the wrong big data instead of using the right small data. Um, But then because of these sources of biases, you might end up making suboptimal decisions. So what's a firm to do then when a proxy is not necessarily getting them the outcome they want, but neither would using the actual? Right. Oh, so um, what we're doing in this research is proposing a a novel estimator uh, that basically combines a large number of proxy outcomes, which is what we typically have, uh, with a small number of true outcomes, which we also usually have. Uh, And basically, it combines them efficiently using high-dimensional statistics to build something that um, gets you the best of both worlds. So it simultaneously de-biases the proxy estimator by identifying the key sources of differences between the proxy and the true outcomes. But then it still preserves kind of the large sample properties that you have with your proxy outcomes. Um, And so we're able to prove that uh, this approach gets you much more accurate uh, predictive accuracy. Um, But at the same time, we've also tested it on several data sets from e-commerce and healthcare, and we find that it does seem to be pretty effective. 
Now, you have an interesting example in the paper about how this applied in the healthcare setting. Could you talk about that? So many hospitals use patient-specific data um, to try to understand which patients are at high risk for some particular adverse event, and they use this to target interventions. So the example I looked at was diabetes. Um, So if you target interventions to patients who are at high risk for diabetes, then you can hope to stop the progression. Um, And often when you build these kinds of estimators, uh, a hospital has a conundrum, which is whether to use their own patient population to build a new estimator from scratch or to use an existing predictive model that's been trained in a larger conglomerate of hospitals. And the advantage of the latter is that um, you get a much larger sample. So this is kind of a proxy cohort. Or you can use your own patient population, which is a much smaller sample and is a true cohort. And what I basically found um, when using real electronic medical record data is that you often are better off using the larger sample in terms of pure accuracy, but there are important biases to account for. So for example, one issue is um, there's a particular diagnosis called impaired fasting glucose, which ended up being very, very predictive of diabetes within the small cohort I was looking at. But in the larger cohort, um, the physicians tended not to actually measure this diagnosis uh, because it does involve um, the patient fasting, and so they didn't think that burden was worth it. So this feature is very predictive for the small cohort, but is not predictive for the large cohort. And so differences in the physician behavior, the patient behavior, the way the data is recorded in the electronic medical record can affect um, the choice of the, the predictive model that you end up building. And it's important to account for these biases when you're basically transferring knowledge from a proxy setting to your setting of interest. Uh, and so again, uh, what our algorithm in this setting does is that it identifies these sources of bias, even using the very little patient population data you have from the small cohort, uh, and then basically enables you to transfer most of the knowledge that you got from the other hospitals. Uh, And so we're able to build something that's much more accurate. Now, how easy would it be for a company to to apply this model in their setting, in a real life setting? Oh, I hope very easy. Um, So uh, one of the things we're planning to do with this research is to actually open source this estimator. And so companies would be able to, if they had access to both their proxy and true outcomes in a a useful format, uh, they'd be able to read in their data and output better predictions um, and we also are planning to include several baselines so that they can compare and pick whatever is best for their setting. Now, is it harder in certain situations for a company to kind of tease out their proxy and their actual outcomes? I mean, some right. of the examples here you give are pretty clean, but is it harder in other venues to do that? Yeah. So in some cases, um, in some firms that I've talked to, it gets pretty complicated because um, what we've essentially assumed is that the features that are used in both of these outcomes are kind of the same. But in some settings, you might find that uh, in the proxy cohort, they record a different set of features compared to um, the true cohort. In this case, um, there might need to be some uh, feature engineering work done to kind of put these uh, features into the same space. Uh, And this is typically right now done by data scientists anyway in most companies. Um, Or uh, there's a modification of our algorithm that basically uses our estimator on the overlapping features and then uh, leaves the other features in the same uh, predictive modeling framework that you would normally use. Now, firms have more access to data today than they ever did. So, and it seems like it's harder than ever to kind of figure out what data is relevant, what data is actually going to tell you what you want to know about your customers. 
how much does this research speak to this idea of firms really needing to get their hands around like exactly what data is important and what data isn't? Uh, that's a great point. Um, so part of what we do is, um, so another issue that's come up is that often there are multiple different kinds of proxies that managers think might be relevant, but they're not really sure. Um, so one of the extensions we consider is how to incorporate all of them uh, into the estimator. And basically this will use um, out of sample accuracy on a kind of held out test set to determine which proxy is most appropriate and then um, combines that with the true outcome data. But in general, when you have multiple sources of uh, data and you're not really sure which ones are the best to use, um, you typically end up looking at out of sample accuracy to make a judgment call. And it also seems like companies also need to have this discussion about what data is important to us before they go looking at all of the data. Because I could see a situation where what we say is important is not what the data is showing us should be important. Oh, yes, that is definitely true. Uh, and yes, we've, we've seen that in several instances where a company thinks that the, or a hospital will think that a particular patient metric is important to uh, focus on in terms of care quality. And then it ends up not being relevant to patient mortality because of various biases that they maybe didn't know about before. Um, and so that's a constant conversation that they should be having um, in the background. And hopefully they update their um their um, knowledge of what this might be based on the trials that they're running over time. Hamza, thanks so much for being with us today. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. You can find all of Knowledge of Wharton's articles, podcasts, and more on our website, which is knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. You can also find our podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a review. It really does help like-minded folks to find the show. Thanks for listening. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.